Okay, welcome back. We're here in the final week of this series, which is called Mood. Uh, this is one of the weeks where we are live in person, so go ahead and prove it. Good, three people. We, thank you. Uh, we had some threats of a photobomb, but then they weren't even willing to cheer, so that's cool. Uh, so we are in the final series. In this series, we've been talking about different things that you deal with, especially as school starts, especially right now in your lives with the pandemic and with all of this stuff that we're facing day by day. Uh, we talked about anger and how it's so hard to control. Uh, everyone, even if you don't have an anger problem, you get so worked up or you get so mad, whether it's at the news or at uh, teachers or at siblings or at Rob or at other people around, like whoever it is, you get so mad and you just, you want to react before you think about it, but how important it is to think about it. And I have a scar on my wrist from when I learned that lesson as a young kid. Uh, we've talked about doubt. We've talked about the fact that everybody doubts. Uh, as I was growing up and as some of the adults here can tell you, Growing up, it was kind of a dirty word, like you didn't admit that you had doubts, but in order to grow in your faith, in order to learn more, in order to actually have your own faith, you will go through that process where instead of saying, oh, I have doubts, I have to quit, or instead of hiding them, you say, hey, you know, I, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about how I feel. I want to talk about my faith. I want to talk, and you ask for help. You pray. You do all of these things. Um, we, we talked about worry, and we've talked about different things that we deal with each day. And so what I want to end with is heartbreak. Uh, and there are all kinds of different types of heartbreak, I believe. I don't know if the title slides are up, but it's Hollywood ending. Because in our lives, um, we are trained by TV shows and movies. And, and I'm not saying that's bad because I watch a ton of movies and TV shows. But we watch stuff like The Notebook. And we're like, oh, man, if somebody comes up to me and says, I'm a bird, you're a bird, I'm just going to marry them right there. Uh, and that's just what Nate says every day. But it's like... We, we have these different ideas from the movies where you have like the beginning of the movie and the main character uh, meets somebody that they love or that they like or that they're attracted to and then they get together or they don't get together, they get together with a friend, whatever, and then they break up over something and then something happens and they run to the airport or they build a house or they write letters, whatever it is, and at the end they're together and it's happy. Uh, and then not just romantic movies but in everything else, we're, we're geared towards uh, everything always works out. We're geared towards the Hollywood ending of, well, I don't have to try really hard because I'm going to be okay. I don't have to do this because I'm going to be okay. I don't have to study because I'll be okay. Uh, and we think of it in terms of a movie. I was talking to Terry earlier about Infinity War, the Marvel movie, and how at the end, uh, spoiler alert, but it's been like years, so if you haven't seen it, go see it. Not right now, but uh, Infinity War at the end, like most of the main heroes actually die and the bad guy wins. And I would talk to people afterwards who apparently had never seen a movie before in their lives. And they're like, wow, so Marvel's over. Like, it's never going to come back. And, like, we know, though, that in actual movies, like, well, obviously they're going to come back in some way. They're going to figure this out. And so in Endgame, they did that and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes people die, uh, but it's always for a purpose so everybody can win. And we look at things like that. And how that ties into heartbreak is we go through our lives just expecting it to be like a movie. And even if we know, well, life's not a movie, life's real we still have that thought of like, well, I really like this girl, and so if I try my best, if I ask her out, then, then she'll say yes. Or I really like that boy, if I, I ask him out, then he'll say, say yes. Or if they say no, it's like, well, down the line, blah, blah, blah. Well, um, I am single, uh, well, I've got a girlfriend, but I'm not married, and I'm, I'm, my life is in a very different place from where I would have guessed when I was your age. And I'm not saying you're gonna turn out like me, I hope in many ways that you like yourselves more than I do, but anyway. Uh, what I'm saying is we think, well, this is what's going to happen. And then when it doesn't happen, it really shifts us. And that's where heartbreak comes in. 
because heartbreak can come in a lot of different ways. Uh, immediately we jump to romantic as I've been talking, but it can come when you lose someone. It can come when you lose someone you don't know. It can come when you lose a job. It can come when you get cut from the team. It can come when a pandemic happens and takes away your graduation or your prom or your college or something, Comic-Con. It takes away something from you, uh, just to be specific. But it, it can be very hard to deal with, again, because of the Hollywood ending type of thing. So I want to read a scripture. This is from John chapter 11, uh, 17 through 44. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. So we see right at the beginning, Lazarus is dead. And again, you'd probably know where this is going. Uh, if not, don't spoil it for anybody else. But we see different ways to deal with heartbreak. So Mary and Martha are Lazarus' sister. Mary can't even go see Jesus right now. Uh, she's so sad. She's so heartbroken because she lost her brother. Uh, because she lost her idea of what her life would be. Because we never think we'll lose somebody. We'll ne we never think we'll lose even if we think we'll lose. And so she couldn't even go outside. Versus, uh, did I get the right names? Martha came out and was like, hey, you know, if you'd been here, this wouldn't happen. Now, she didn't say it in a you suck way, but she still said it in a way like if you had just been here, this wouldn't have happened to put it on him because they had grown up like through their lives knowing Jesus and knowing what he could do for these few years that he was going around. And they're like, well, Lazarus is sick, but Jesus can do this. Jesus is close. Jesus is coming. And then Lazarus died and they were like, what? This isn't how it's supposed to work out. This isn't how life is supposed to be. We've lost our brother. And so she runs out and she's like, why did this happen? The first question we ask when there's something we lose, somebody we lose, why did this happen? Why me? This isn't fair. We all think these types of things. Um, and we all deal with them in different ways. For this, like I said, they've lost someone. I've talked about romance, but sometimes we feel heartbreak over something that other people will say, well, you shouldn't feel bad about that. Uh, I'm wearing Stanley on my shirt. Uh, when he passed, even though he was 95, it really, like for like a couple weeks, I was really sad. Like I actually mourned him. I've never uh, officially met him. I just know his work. I know things he said. I know a lot about him. Uh, some of my creativity comes from reading his stuff, from knowing him. Uh, I love Spider-Man, obviously, and like all of these things meant a lot to my life. And so you can look at that from the nerd way, but also when I was growing up, raised by my great-grandparents who were old, uh, I felt very alone and I was kind of an outcast and nobody really hung out with me and part of that was because uh, it wasn't allowed and part of it was because I just didn't like myself and all of these different things but I didn't have very many friends and so I felt very alone and so I would read these Spider-Man comics where the hero of the story was very alone and it meant something to me and he was raised by old people which meant something to me and that came from Stan Lee and so when Stan Lee passed it hurt me. Now, there are absolutely people in my life who are like, you didn't know him. He's a celebrity. Like, he's a writer. How, why would you be sad about that? He's not your family. And you get that sometimes. Like, uh, somebody moves away or somebody that you care about uh, stops being on a show or a show ends or a book series ends. Something. And I'm not comparing losing someone you love to losing a book series. But I'm saying, like, we feel these heartbreaks. And if you feel it, it's real to you. The end. If you feel it, it's real to you. And if somebody comes up to you and says, well, that's not real heartbreak. Wait till you grow up. They need to grow up because uh, it, obviously it's different when you lose uh, a spouse or a parent or a kid. But heartbreak is heartbreak. 
And we have to deal with it on our own. We have to deal with it with other people. We have to deal with it, period, as we go forward. And if you walk around letting other people dictate when you're going to be sad, when you're going to feel brokenhearted, when you're going to feel lost, then you're never really going to deal with these things. And then as you grow up, you're going to be like, wow, I never really learned how to deal with that. I know people who, as adults, still have no idea how to handle loss. And I'm not saying in a make fun of them way. I'm saying uh, they allowed other people to kind of dictate how long they grieved or what they did. Uh, I do a lot of funerals for Rose Hill at Ivy, and I've got two this week, actually. And one of the things I try to say at the beginning is there's no time limit on, on grief, regardless of why. Regardless of how old the person is, regardless of who the person was, regardless of anything. There's no time limit. However, you want to allow people to help you. You want to allow people to talk. And as Mary stayed inside, she was gearing up. But Martha, even though she was unhappy, and even though she was kind of playing the blame game, she still went to talk. She still let it out. She still said, man, this sucks. This just really sucks. Uh, let's say that you are trying out for the team and you don't get the last spot. Or you are uh, trying out for band and you don't get the right chair. Or you are trying for a job and you don't get the job that you want. Somebody else gets it. Or you don't get the grade that you want. Or you don't get the girl or the boy that you want. And, and, and you feel that. And you're like, well, my life sucks. Never going to work out. If you don't talk about it, that heartbreak will last forever. If Martha hadn't gone out to talk about it, that would have lasted forever. Now, where we go with this is very different. But the whole point is she faced it head on. She went straight to him. And that's one of the first things is admit that you're hurt. It is not shameful to say, I'm sad about this. It is not shameful to say, this hurt me. Uh, I mentioned Stan Lee. I'm going to talk about myself because I know myself better than anyone else mostly. But uh, I, I, in October... Supernatural is going to end. It's got the last seven episodes. Uh, most people will say it's just a TV show. I get that because it's a TV show. However, because I struggle with depression and because I struggle with anxiety and because that has meant something to me through the loss of my grandmother, through the moving of, of from Indiana to Ohio, which sucks because you have city taxes and that's ridiculous, to different churches, to uh, losing people in my life, all of these things, Supernatural has been kind of a constant. Now, God is the more important constant. constant. I'm not comparing the two things. But because that show often deals with depression, because uh, Jared and, and Jensen both have talked about depression, because I've met them, it matters to me. And so even though I know that I'll be okay, that's something that still is hitting me. And as it goes, like the finale, I'm going to be really sad. And absolutely, there will be people that say, that's stupid. Let it go. Move on. And there will be people that say things to you about that. And again, I'm not comparing different griefs, but I'm saying if you feel something, you feel it. Um, it, it is so hard to be told who you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to feel and all of these things. And as teens, you're at this point in your life where you're told, well, grow up and act your age, but you're also told you're not old enough to have an opinion about that or you're not old enough to have those feelings or whatever. And it's such a tough age because half the people expect you to be older than you are and half the people expect you to act younger than you are. And it sucks. Like, simply put, it sucks. And so you'll hear a lot, well, that's just puppy love. Or you hear a lot, well, that doesn't really matter. You'll get more when you grow up or you'll lose more when you grow up. That's nothing. And, and it sucks to be told that. As adults, we're not told that as much. But we're still told, like, it's just a dog. Or it's just a show. Or you don't even know him. Uh, it, we find hope and help in a lot of things. And I, I'm definitely saying... First and foremost, Jesus is something that will never leave. And the reason, one of the reasons it's so important to have your faith is he will never leave. You'll lose other people, you'll lose other things. He will never leave. And so you focus on that. 
but we still have a rounded life where other things bring us joy, other things bring us happiness, other people bring help to us, and when we lose those things, it's hard. And so just to start with, Martha is feeling that. And this is, again, losing a brother is huge, but Martha is feeling that, and so she's going to him, and then we pick up. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else does at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me uh, will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. So we're going to see Mary talk to him. But right there, Martha doesn't fully understand what Jesus is saying. Uh, she kind of, by getting it out, by saying, why couldn't you have saved him? He then says, well, he's going to live again. And she takes it as we would most take it. Uh, well, you know, when Jesus comes back, we'll all live again. We'll all be in heaven, etc. And that's a comforting thing. Um, but because she let it out, because she didn't hide it, because she talked about it, she was able to move a little forward. Now, she's still upset. She's still grieving. She's still sad. But she's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's hard uh, when you know somebody who lost something or lost someone. It's, we have this desire to say the perfect thing. Uh, we have this desire to put everything into perspective for them, not to fix them, not to fix their grief, but to say the right thing, where it's like, well, I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want to say, yeah, they lived a good life, or I don't want to say, yeah, they're in heaven now, or I don't want to say uh, whatever, but I also want to say something so they know that I love them, and it's very hard, and we all kind of face that. Uh, and, and I want to tell you here, there's no perfect thing to say. If you know someone who has lost someone or lost something, who is going through heartbreak, regardless if it's a relationship or school or life, whatever, there's no perfect thing to say. The quote-unquote perfect thing is to just be there. Uh, you may say something that sounds stupid, but guess what? People say things that sound stupid. And if your heart is trying to help them, and you're like, hey, I'm here. That's it. That's the end. When I lost my great-grandma, uh, it was very hard. It was harder still when we had to put her in the nursing home before that because she had Alzheimer's and I felt like I lost her then. Uh, and there were people that were like, well, that sucks. And uh, the way they said it wasn't like, yeah, that's a joke, but it's like, man, that sucks. And like, that's not something that's in Shakespeare. That's not something you're going to write in a paper, but it meant something to me because they meant it. And so we know that when we're going through this morning, when we're going through heartbreak, if somebody truly cares, they may not say the right thing. And you know this when you're helping people, but you care. And so you just say, hey, I'm here. Uh, do you need anything? Can I help? Uh, I was talking on the phone to one of the people for, that is going through one of the funerals. And I, I have this like moment in my head where, okay, and, and I'm old and like do this stuff all the time. And I still go with this. I have this moment in my head where I'm like, okay, do I say uh, I'm sorry for your loss? Do I say I'm praying for you? Does that sound stupid? And we all think that. But like Jesus said, and Jesus obviously is different, but like Jesus said, he's like, hey, you are loved. And that's good. That's good. That's what it goes. And Martha, she wasn't perfectly fixed because you can't be fixed from something like that. You can just grow. But she's like, okay, I got it out. I talked to him. He loves me. He cares about me. He's talking to me. I'm going to go tell my sister. She's got to go get it out. And that's, again, the first step. So we go on. Uh, Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. Then the people who were at the house, consoling Mary, saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. 
So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Same thing Martha said. Uh, When Jesus saw her weeping and saw other people waiting with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. Uh, They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. Uh, The people who were standing nearby, see how much they loved him, but or how much he loved him. But some said, the man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Uh, everybody who has gone through Sunday school or confirmation or something as a kid where you have to memorize like a Bible verse and you're like, oh, I'm going to do John 11:35. Jesus wept, boom. Uh, but that verse means so much more than just those two words. And it shows us that Jesus cares. It shows us that Jesus went through grief. It shows us that Jesus felt things. A little bit before that, it said a deep anger went up within Jesus. That doesn't mean that he got mad at Mary and Martha for being sad. It doesn't mean he got mad at Lazarus for dying. It means that he felt that. And one of the things to know with heartbreak is we feel it in different ways. Sometimes we're just sad. We lose something. We lose someone. uh, We fail. And we're just sad. Sometimes we feel like this weird anger or, or even like you'll laugh un, uncomfortably or uncontrollably, like something, because emotions are weird. They just are, like they're weird. And we all feel different things and it's all crazy and you don't know how to deal with things and you're trying to process and it shows that Jesus gets that. It shows we can always go to him. It shows that he understands. It shows that if you lose someone or you lose a show or you lose a pet or you lose anything or you fail or whatever, that he's not going to say, Yeah, too bad. You should only think about me and and anything besides me that makes you sad. Tough. He's not going to say that. He's going to say, I get it. (laughs) And that sucks. Maybe not in those words. But he's going to say, that's awful. I feel for you. Let's talk. Talk to me. Pray with me. Seek me. And then go talk to other people around you. One of the things that I say a lot when I talk about friendships and relationships is have a core group of people in your life who believe the way that you believe, who feel the way that you feel. Uh, They don't have to go to this church. They don't even have to be Christian, but they should be in your faith. They should be in your circle. They should be people who understand the same way you believe. You see what I'm saying? And so that when you say something to them, they understand your perspective more than someone who's just way out there. And you can be friends with anybody. And I'm saying a core group. And that you can go to them and they will say, yeah, I feel that. They won't say you're stupid, unless you're being stupid, but not about grief. But they'll say, okay, do you want to talk? And maybe you're going to say no. And they'll be like, okay, let's play Fortnite because the Marvel season's awesome. Or let's do this because this is cool. Let's just watch basketball and hope LeBron loses. Like something that brings joy to the world. And you're going to do that. And you're going to do it together. It doesn't matter if you talk. It matters that you're there. And it matters that you accept help. It matters that you seek. And above all, it matters that you go to Jesus and you say, I'm sad. Because there's no shame in being heartbroken. There's no shame in being sad. There's no shame in having doubt. There's no shame in feeling anger. There's no shame in feeling worry. There's no shame in how you feel. That's the point of this series. Anything you feel is what you feel. Now, we can all learn to handle different emotions in different ways, in better ways. We can all do better. We can all do better with anger. We can all do better with grief. We can all do better with doubt. We can all do better with all of these things. But there is no shame in feeling them. So when you do, admit it. Say, hey, I feel this way. Again, have a core group. Talk to Jesus. Talk to me. Talk to Rob. Talk to someone in the church. Talk to your family. Talk to your parents. But be able to say, I'm feeling this. Because there's no shame in how you feel. And that's what Jesus shows us because he wept. Those two words are among the most powerful in the Bible. Because other religions, 
if you, and I'm not going to go through like all the different holy texts, but in other religions, the, the deities are often way above the people. And they like throw lightning down, or they do this, or they do that, and they're just kind of out there. And it's way different. It's, they're almost like video game characters that we can't understand. But Jesus had the humanity, has the humanity. And so he understands our sadness, so we can go to him, so he feels it. He feels it with us. He helps us, and that's important. Uh, Mary was sad. And she, when she finally went to him, she just kind of repeated what, what her sister said. Uh, because like I said, you often, when you're helping someone deal with grief, you don't know the right thing to say. When you're dealing with grief, you don't know the right thing to say. Sometimes I have been sad, and part of this is depression. I get that. But sometimes I feel sad over something, over a loss, over something, and I can't really even put into words why. And you guys have probably felt something like that. Like, you can kind of look at, well, this happened and this happened, but that's not really it. I don't really get it, and that's fine. But again, have people there and pray and have people there where you can be like, okay, I don't know how to explain this, but, but it, it hurts. It sucks. What do I do? And then just listen, just talk, just hang out, just be there. Last part of the scripture. Oh, no, two more parts of the scripture. Uh, Jesus was still angry when he arrived at the tomb. A cave with the stone rolled across his entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Uh, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. A valid reason to not open a grave. Don't do that. Uh, Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here, so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, uh, his face wrapped in headcloth. Jesus told, him, told them, unwrap him and let him go. Uh, I would love to tell you at this point that anybody you lose, anything you lose, like if you pray, if you go to Jesus, if you seek help, then boom, it's going to be fixed. And things are going to be back to normal. And if you get cut from the team, or you get cut from band, or you get a bad grade, or you lose somebody, you get turned down, you get rejected, uh, something awful happens that if you pray, and you seek help, and you do things the, the right way where, where you're, you're trying to heal, and you're going forward, that boom, Jesus is going to say, hey, good, you did it, that was a test, now here's the right grade, or here's the girl, here's the boy, here's the person back. That's not going to happen. Sometimes different ways it may. But the difficult thing with heartbreak is sometimes the way forward is not the same as the way there. And I get that's a weird way to say that. But sometimes, again, this is where we get into Hollywood ending. Uh, anytime something bad happens in a movie, uh, scriptally, which is a word I just made up, but I'm English major, so it works. Uh, according to the script, like the same thing is going to fix it in a way. There's a, a, a phrase in literature and film called Chekhov's gun. Uh, and just to briefly go into theory here, um, it means if a gun appears in a book or a movie or a pencil appears in a book or a movie and like the camera is on it or it's an important part, then that's going to have something to do with the resolution down the line. Does that make sense? Okay. So in the movies and the TV shows, we're kind of equipped to think, okay, well, he lost this person. And so somebody equal to that person is going to come back or he's going to get them back or he's going to get a better job or whatever. That's not how life works. It's not. I would love to say that all of the Lazaruses come back. It doesn't happen. But when you seek healing, that will happen. Maybe in a week, maybe in a month, maybe in a year, maybe longer, maybe shorter. 
it will happen. But you have to be willing to accept it. That does not mean that as soon as you lose something or you lose somebody, you have to run out and get help. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to grieve. You're allowed to take time to yourself. But when it gets to the point that you're like, I just, I give up on everything. And I don't want to ever try to get better again. And I've felt this way. I have. I have absolutely felt this way. Where I just, I don't want to try again. I don't want to talk to people again. I don't want to get help. I don't want to. Then you have to be able to check yourself and say, Jesus, I need to want to do better. And again, not to rush your grief, not to rush your healing, but to say, okay, I have to at least start moving forward. Maybe it's a long path. Who knows? Maybe there's a lot of construction on the road, like it's I-75. Maybe there are a lot of people that you lose besides the main people you're trying to deal with. Maybe it takes a lot. I have had people in my life uh, from way back who have said, yeah, you're taking too long, you're sad all the time, I can't do this anymore. I've had people say that, people that were close to me, and it sucks, and that does not help. Uh, and contrary to what people think, you don't immediately think, oh, well, they think I'm too sad, so I'm going to have to change right now. That's not how life works. But you have to be willing to say, okay, I feel sad and I'm going to feel sad. I'm going to grieve. I feel heartbreak. People have to understand that it's real. What I feel is what I feel. But how can I start to move forward? Again, no timetable. But how can I make sure that I don't go backward? How can I make sure that I don't give up? How can I make sure that I'm learning to heal? And you can talk. This is one of the difficult things that you never really perfect. So like you can talk to adults in this church or in the world uh, and, and say, hey, how do you deal with heartbreak? And they'll say it differs each time. And like sometimes I get through it fast and quick and sometimes it feels better. Sometimes it takes forever. There are still things that I'm dealing with today. Like sometimes, whatever. So again, there's no set path to this. But there is a path. There are paths. There is help. So with how you feel, the first step is to accept that how you feel is how you feel. And the second step is to be willing to say, Jesus, I need time here. I need help here. Please help me to know when to talk. Help me to know how to talk. Help me to know who I can trust. And then be willing to tell those people, hey, you know, I'm feeling. I got the feels, which was the other alternate title for this series, which I don't like because I feel weird saying it. Uh, saying, I, I feel bad. And again, some people are going to say that's stupid. You shouldn't feel that way. That sucks. But to be willing to say to the right people, the people that care, yeah, I don't know what to do. And then they may say, I don't know either, but let's just talk. Let's just have Taco Bell and kind of chill. Let's just be here. And then you start that process of accepting other people into your life and understanding that while things may not be the exact way you want them and they may not, may not be the exact way you picture, they will be the way that you need them to be. As I said, when I was in college, I figured that by 25, which is 50 years ago, by 25, uh, I would be married with like 2.5 kids and a dog and uh, a mansion, not a mansion, but like a nice big house and a nice car and no money problems whatsoever. Basically, the dog is all that I have out of that process. But I love where I am. And what I do is never what I would have chosen as I was growing up, again, because I'm terrified of public speaking and I don't have confidence in myself but it feels right and it feels home. And so had I given up as each of those, as I hit 25 and was like, it's not gonna happen, then I wouldn't have had the joy of what is happening here. I wouldn't have had, had what is happening. And again, I'm not happy all the time, but I feel comfortable. And I know that I have people in my life that when I do feel heartbroken, I can talk about it. 
your life probably won't go according to the plan that you have right now. I hope that it does perfectly, but it probably won't. There will be twists and turns. You're going to lose people. You're going to lose things. You're going to fail. You're going to feel heartbreak. Allow yourself to feel heartbreak. Allow yourself to feel doubt. Allow yourself to feel anger, but do not give yourself to those things. Seek help. Allow people to help you. Allow people to love you. Understand that the God who created everything wept when someone was sad. And he will weep with you. He will weep for you. And he will be there for you. Because you are worth all of this. You are worth the time it takes to heal. You are worth the effort that it takes to heal. You are worth the life that is in store for you. So believe in that. Believe in yourselves and do everything you can to help each other also have that belief. That's all I got.